I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Regularly Scheduled Programming, where we watch stuff and talk about it. I'm Joe. And I'm Ashley. And a friend, as always, we like to get some business out of the way. Uh, you can email us at regularlyscheduledpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at regularlyscheduledpod. Find us on Twitter at rsppod or on Facebook at Regularly Scheduled Programming Podcast. Uh, real quick, I did want to say it looks like we have some listeners out there. Um, if you guys want to talk about anything we're talking about, feel free to message on any of those or email and let us know your thoughts. Or if you have suggestions for stuff to watch. Yeah, that too. Though we do have quite a bit right, right now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but eventually we'll hit a, you know, a down period. Yes. Or we'll just be rewatching stuff probably. Yep. I just so do we have any news this week? A little bit. Uh, I actually stumbled across. I don't even remember. I don't even remember uh, how this got brought to my attention. But there I saw a trailer for this show or show or movie. I think it's a movie coming to Netflix called The Sea of Beasts. Okay. Or Sea of Beast. I wrote Sea of Beast, but that seems odd. I feel like it should be Sea of Beasts. Hmm. Either way. Uh, called you and Michael in to watch the trailer because it's an animated series. Mm-hmm. I think it was, I don't remember who's doing it. I know it's coming, I know it's a Netflix original, but I don't know if it's uh, Netflix doing it or if it's from DreamWorks or something like that. I don't know. Either way, it looked pretty interesting. It's like, I don't want to say it's a pirate show, but it has that kind of vibe. It's obviously, you know, ships and sailors and that kind of stuff. But then there are these like deep sea monsters and whatnot. And it it looks interesting. Yeah, it did look interesting. I when you first started talking about it, I couldn't remember what you were referencing, and then you talked about it more, and it it does look really good. Is so, that it? Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it seemed like there was supposed to be a little something else at the end of that statement. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, next, uh, we got a uh, trailer for uh, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. or strange new world strange new worlds i think i We're wrote having down a just little world. trouble with plurality today because i don't write things down properly <laughs> either way it's the new uh star trek series coming to paramount plus uh comes out on may 5th looks really good it is so it's the starship enterprise but it's not captain kirk it's uh captain pike okay uh i did hear it was actually a little while ago, I think, that for, I think for season two, they have cast somebody as Jim Kirk. Hmm. 
but in what like capacity he will be in the show, I don't know. Either way, it's more Star Trek. It looks really good. You watched the trailer too. I did, and it did look good. I just um I wasn't sure if it was an offshoot of the other one you're watching. Discovery? Discovery, because it's the same actor, and I wasn't sure if like I needed to go back and watch Discovery. But then again, like I mean, all of Star Trek is kind of like that, you know? It's okay to just pick one. Yeah, occasionally there will be some overlap. But for the most part, I don't think you're hindered by not having seen, you know, any one of the series if you're going to pick up something that has come out since. Yeah. Anyway, looks really good. I'll watch it. I don't know if you'll watch it because you're not watching. You didn't watch Discovery, but. I didn't. But you are watching Picard and today's episode or this week's episode was a really good one, which we'll get to later. Yeah, that's probably going to be the last thing we talk about. Uh, Yeah. Next, something you had me write down, the Bridgerton prequel spinoff yes. on Netflix, I guess. Yes, so it's going to be about the Queen, and I just think it's really interesting. It's going to be about her rise to power. I don't really have anything else to say about it. I was just thinking like, oh, that looks really interesting, and I'm probably going to watch it because I think the Queen is kind of a complex character. Her husband seems to be, I don't know if it's like Alzheimer's or some type of other memory issue. They've never diagnosed him properly on the show, especially given the time. Yeah. But um, I find her character fascinating and I am really interested to see kind of how she became the queen and all that good stuff. So just wanted you to mention that. (laughs) All right. Uh, Next one is you again. You had me write down. Welcome to Plathville? Plathville. Plathville. Yes. So this is a reality show I watch on TLC. It is conservative Christian family. Very Duggar-esque, I guess. Um, For those that don't know, I'm moderately interested in the Duggars. Josh Duggar is terrible. Glad he's in prison. (laughs) Just have to put that out there. (laughs) I think most people would agree. I think it's like a morbid fascination with these like uber conservative christian families on my part and i don't know why because i didn't grow up that way not religious i mean i could i could see how it would kind of be like like the train wreck effect (laughs) where it's like you just want to see because you want to see how fucked up it all is yeah so um welcome to plathville centers around this family the plaths and uh fourth season i said uh, you did not tell me which season you just said it, or you let me know that it's coming out May 27th. Okay, so it might be the fourth season. Either way, the show revolves around the Plath family, their oldest son, Ethan, and his wife, Olivia. Mostly all of their other kids, too, the ones that are like older teenagers, and kind of how some of them are going off in their own direction and the struggles of that, and like the kids trying to get away from that like conservative thing i guess the restraints yeah i don't think i'm properly explaining it but i think the reason i like it is because there's always been this thing with the duggars where people like me that kind of have this morbid fascination with the duggars were always kind of hoping more of the older kids would kind of branch away from that life and instead it seems like they're all kind of digging in 
Um, except Jill. But, it looks like she's kind of away now. <laughs> that, that's what indoctrination does. Yes, I know. <laughs> but it's kind of nice to see that that indoctrination doesn't always work. I think it makes for an interesting TV show. I'm not one of those that thinks that reality TV is real. Like, it's pretty heavily manipulated. You can kind of tell things might be like they were already done, but maybe they re-recorded based on how they talk and stuff. But anyways, I just like the show and I'm kind of glad it's coming back. Lastly, on the news, we got a, I guess, kind of a teaser for Picard season three. Yes. With some cast announcements. I, uh, while Ashley was talking about the Plaths, the Plaths, <laughs> I uh, looked up because I did not do it previously, but we have I have the list of everybody that was said to be coming mm-hmm. to this season or to season three. So we get LeVar Burton. So we get Jordy. Yep. So happy for that. Um, almost just as happy to hear Michael Dorn's voice mm-hmm. uh, as Worf. Jonathan Frakes. Uh, Gates McFadden, which I don't know why. I just... It never occurred to me that she would do it. Like, it never... I love the character of Dr. Crusher. She's fantastic. But for some reason, I just never thought that they would have her in the show for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Marina Sirtis, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and Brent Spiner. All right. So it looks like we're getting a lot of the main cast back other than Wesley Crusher. If you can consider him part of the main cast. Well, that's true. He was kind of sporadic even when he was on the show. Like, he well, wasn't he was in a like, kid. He wasn't in like every episode and there would be, you know, a string of episodes where you didn't really see him and stuff like that. So, yeah. But that's so it for the news. Yeah, I'm kind of excited. They already filmed Star Trek's or Picard season three. Yeah, I think they did it like right after season two. Yeah, and I'm kind of impressed that none of that ever leaked. <laughs> yeah. But maybe that's easier in like the COVID time production anyway. Yeah. Uh, so that's for for the news. So I think we are going to yet again try to do an ad break. We're hearing that sometimes the ads play and sometimes they don't. So we're not exactly sure how to fix that. We've talked to uh, the service that we use for publishing and stuff like that. And they had some pretty uh, textbook uh, try this first answers. But I think we might need to dig a little deeper as to why it happens sometimes and not other times. But it's only our 10th episode, so maybe we'll figure it out soon. Only our 10th episode. I know, like, I've heard of uh, podcast pod fading way before 10. Yeah, I'm kind of impressed with us. (laughs) Yeah, so we're going to take a short break, and uh, we'll be back to talk about what we watched. All right. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we're back. Hopefully that ad break worked. Yeah. We'll, All right, we'll so see. It looks like I'm going to go first with what I watched this week. I watched a handful of things on my own, but the biggest one I want to talk about this week is the show The Ultimatum, Marry or Move On, that's on Netflix right now. It is a reality show. It is made by Nick and Vanessa Lachey. I think we've talked about it at least last week, maybe briefly the week before. Yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, was it in the news that you brought it up? Right, because I wanted to watch it, and then it came out this week. I really love... Uh, aside Netflix remind button because then it emails you when the show comes out so it's like oh yeah I wanted to watch that I don't need to go to Netflix it just tells me to go to Netflix (laughs) but anyway so the first eight episodes of the show were released this week there's 10 total the last two episodes will be released next week the Second to last episode is going to be the episode where we find out who is getting married and who is moving on, essentially. Or, uh, and then the last episode is going to be a reunion episode, which I think will be wild (laughs) based on what I've seen. So the couples in the episode is there's Shanique and Randall. And Shanique's the one that gave the ultimatum. And the ultimatum is basically marry me or we're done, essentially. Which that's never, in my opinion, that's not a good way to run your relationship, but... It just occurred to me that they could have, uh, I mean, they'd probably be running into some copyright issues, but they could have called this show Love It or List It also. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's taken. (laughs) No, that's my point, but it would have been funny. Okay, so Shanique and Randall have been dating for one and a half years, and Shanique gave Randall an ultimatum. Then we have Alexis and Hunter, who were together for two years, and Alexis gave the ultimatum. We have April and Jake, who've been together for two years. April gave the ultimatum. Ray and Zay. Ray is uh, female. Zay is male, just to let you know mm-hmm. the names are kind of ambiguous <laughs> they've two and a half years dating ray gave the ultimatum lauren can, and nathan can i Sorry. ask a quick question before you finish off listing everybody yes did the women all give the no. ultimatum oh wow that's why i'm being specific um you have lauren and nathan who have been together for two and a half years uh, nathan gave the ultimatum If I had just waited, I would have known the answer to that question myself. (laughs) Yes. And then you have Madeline and Colby, who have been together for one and a half years, and Colby gave the ultimatum. So the guys of the show is you give the ultimatum, and then the couple spend like one last evening together, and then they date amongst each other, like amongst the entire cast for... A few days. I can't remember the exact amount of days. And then they decide at the end of that who they want to live with of the other people for three weeks. (laughs) Kind of as an experiment, I guess. 
And then at the end of that three weeks, they go back to their original person. And then at the end of that three weeks, they decide, do they want to get engaged or do they want to or potentially maybe they fell in love with this other person or they move on. I'd like to apologize for anyone (laughs) listening, just in case you can hear me rolling my eyes at the premise (laughs) for this show. Like I, I understand reality TV is its own genre and people love it. And I don't have a problem with people loving reality TV. I have a problem with how ridiculous reality TV itself is. Let's, let's be honest. Like if someone came to you and they just like, drop this stupid premise on you you'd be like hell no yeah but at the same time i can't fault people who do it because they're getting paid so right yeah and uh, so before or after the first week was over and they had to choose which of the people to go into living with essentially um alexis and hunter got engaged they came together and Alexis had given Hunter the ultimatum. And by the end of the week, Hunter was like down on one knee. Like, no, we're good. Yeah. Like, I don't want to live without you, essentially. (laughs) And it was very sweet. And then you have (laughs) Lauren and Nathan, which Nathan was the one that gave Lauren the ultimatum. Lauren um, wasn't sure if she wanted to get married because she didn't know if she wanted to have kids. Um, Or I think that was just... It's not like those are tied together. Well, because Nathan was very much like wanting to get married, start a family. So she was kind of like, I don't know if I want to marry you because I don't know if I want a family. What was really fucked up about this whole situation is that I don't know if it was the way it was edited or what. But Nathan had told one of the girls literally at that dinner that he was going to choose her. And then when the girl picked somebody else. Nathan was like, oh, never mind. Gets down on one knee in front of Lauren, basically says, I don't care about kids. I just want you, which would have been very sweet if we had any indication of that from what we were showing from that week, because literally every conversation he had with every other woman revolved around the fact that he wanted a family. So Mm -hmm. it's just so anyway, him and Lauren left and they're engaged now, I guess. Um, I did follow up online and it looks like alexis and hunter laura lauren and nathan are still together so um so other than that i am spoiler free so they go on you know they spend a week dating each other yes and then they pick who they want to spend three weeks with what happens if two people pick the same person um you're not allowed to pick the same person (laughs) so basically like it happened a couple times i meant to write down who chose who but a couple of the times, like, Shanique originally, hold on, she was originally chosen by Nathan, mm-hmm. which is the one that got engaged to Lauren. And Shanique was like, I'm so sorry, I would like to pursue Zay. Okay. So it's kind of like it has to be on equal footing. They both have to want to be together. Okay. So... And again, this is kind of like the stupid premise of the show. Do they know? Like, does everybody know if they weren't the person's first choice? Yes, they're all sitting oh. at the table together. <laughs> oh my god! It was this show sounds like a train wreck. It was a train wreck. It was beautiful. <laughs> so anyway, continue. I'll, I'll try to stop interrupting you with no. Ridiculous it's fine. Questions. I'm sure there's people listening that are like, "This show sounds like the stupidest shit I've ever heard," and. 
let's be real. I know that. Like, I'm not oblivious. <laughs> so the new couples were Zay and Shanique, Ray and Jake, Randall and Madeline, and April and Colby, which April and Colby kind of had to default to each other, which was weird. <laughs> They're like, fuck it. Nobody else is left. Let's just you and me. We're good. <laughs> so I will say, um, I'm rooting for Ray and Jake to get together at the end of all this. They were not with each other originally, but they just have like they have so much in common. They have a really good vibe. I don't know. I probably shouldn't be actively rooting for a couple not to stay together. That's <laughs> I mean, kind of the point of the show, isn't it? I don't know. Well, not the not thing. the point. It, I'm not saying the point is to root against a couple. I'm saying the point is that you're watching and you're going to see people making connections. And you're going to hope that they I mean, they are putting their relationship on the line by choice. It's not like you're hoping it just gets sabotaged or something. Yes. Um. So, to be honest, I watched all eight episodes, like I said. The, <laughs> I don't know how else to say this. It seemed like there were a lot of time jumps. And, like, we go to the next episode and all of a sudden they've been living together for a week. And usually shows like this, you kind of see a little bit of a day-to-day interaction and we didn't really get that, which is kind of weird. Also, sorry, I keep like getting ahead of what I want to say. The big thing is that at the end of the three weeks where the couples were swapped, it kind of seemed like everyone had either decided, well, okay, so April and Colby specifically were very much like, we are going to take everything we can out of this experience together because we want to be with the person we came with. So they never intentionally pursued anything romantic amongst each other. They kind of just used the time to figure out what they wanted in a marriage, essentially. And it very much sounded like maybe behind the scenes they were given things to talk about, things to do, maybe some type of counseling. But we never saw that, which was so weird to me. Because usually, like, I'm going to use Married at First Sight as an example. When you have a situation kind of like this, you have a counselor involved or they're giving you things to do to talk about. And we never really saw that. Um, We also saw, like, the couples interacting with each other's friends, parents, etc., Um, specifically for Ray and Jake, Ray's dad had never liked any of the guys that Ray had brought home, including Zay, who she came with originally. And it seemed like he completely fell in love with Jake. And maybe because they're so similar, I don't know. Either way, (laughs) um, at the end of those three weeks, again, the couples kind of live back together. Excuse me. By the end... Of the three weeks, Ray had broken up with Zay because they got, they had this situation where he went out all night and he didn't come home until like eight in the morning. He turned off his like, I guess kind of like a find my iPhone feature (laughs) so she could track him, which is a whole That's a healthy relationship. Yeah. And 
they ended up breaking up and I believe Colby and Madeline were kind of breaking up or broken up as well. The one thing I have to say specifically about this show is some of these people really need to learn how to talk to each other. I think I specifically told you this show is like, I would listen to the way some of these couples talk to each other. Like, fuck you. You're a fucking asshole. Um, you're worthless. Like, just all these berating things. And I'm just like, you don't need to be with this person. <laughs> and not just that, but like, you don't need to talk to people like that. Like, don't talk so disrespectful. And it just made me really sad thinking that that's how people's relationships are, I guess. And they think it's okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. Like, it wouldn't work for us. No. But if <laughs> you're fine with your relationship being like that, then I guess. Good for you? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I could be with someone that called me worthless. <laughs> But that's just me. So there's so much more I could say. But I just look if you're looking for like a train wreck show, I highly recommend it. (laughs) And again, at the very end of the eight episodes, there was no ultimate decision made. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm kind of rooting for Ray and Jake, like I said, to kind of go off with each other instead of the people they came with. But as far as the other couples go, I don't really know about any of them. I'm just, I'm just going to watch and see what happens. (laughs) So other than the ultimatum, I'm kind of looking over lists of things I watched um, on Station 19 this week. Um, At the end of last week's episode, Andy had defended herself against a man who was trying to assault her. Mm -hmm. and spoiler alert the guy ends up dying because she knows (laughs) self-defense and um she killed him accidentally but still so now next episode they're gonna have to deal with that and then um jake maya well so maya and karina are a lesbian couple and they decided to have a baby and they were going to go the sperm donor route. But mm-hmm. then uh, the character Jack kind of in a roundabout way offered up his seed, I guess. Well, it's always better when it's freshly squeezed. <laughs> but anyway, so at the end of the episode, they had basically decided to have a baby. And he, look, it's it's a television show, so there might be some drama. I'm really hoping they don't go that way. I'm hoping they make it what they say they're going to make it, which is he's very much going to be an uncle figure. The kid will know that he is the biological father, but he doesn't like fight for paternal rights. You know, I don't want to see that. Yeah. (laughs) And then on uh, Grey's Anatomy, um, I really felt like it was an old school Grey's Anatomy episode and it just felt really nice to watch. It's the first episode I've watched in a long time where I've been like, oh, I'm actually wanting to watch the next episode instead of feeling like I have to watch it. You're, you're stuck in that. I've been watching this for so long. I feel like I'm just supposed to keep watching it kind of scenario. 
Yeah, and that I happens with even, really long-running shows. But I haven't even been watching Grey's Anatomy as long as some other people have been watching Grey's Anatomy. But it doesn't matter. You still invested the same amount of time, at least, because you've seen every episode. That's true. So, I started watching it about three years ago. So, but anyway, so... Because that show's been on for fucking ever, hasn't it? I think it's 16th season, 17th season. I don't know. I should have Long fucking down. time. Either way, so this week they had a groundbreaking surgery... Um, they had a patient who was an organ donor who got, um, hit by a drunk driver and, but he was unable to be an organ donor because he had previously had cancer. Mm -hmm. So instead his wife agreed to let them use him for science essentially. And so they transplanted a pig kidney into his body Mm -hmm. and that was fascinating. Yeah. I mean, they've done that before, like in real medical science what was it that they just did not that long was it a pig heart was it a pig heart yeah they did something yeah where well, they genetically someone... modify they genetically modified a pig yeah. to make it more compatible and i think something happened with someone like that where they ended up passing away but they had been alive for an extra couple of years i think and then um Meredith Grey announced kind of at the end of the episode that she was probably going to be leaving to go to this other job that she's been kind of doing on and off. It's the main character, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, how do you have Grey's anatomy without Meredith Grey? Unless they plan on doing some type of like split. This is going on over here. This is going on over here. They have the cast like intermingling, like not necessarily a crossover like it is with Station 19 because it will be the same show. But anyway, I'm just kind of interested. And then the only other thing I really want to talk about that I watched is Jackass Forever. (laughs) It was just ridiculous. I don't know what it is about those movies. I don't like watching people get hurt. Um, hold on. (laughs) But when they agree to it, it's completely different. (laughs) And all of these people have agreed to do what they are doing. Like, I know there was a few times in the movie where they were like, oh, so-and-so agreed to this, but little do they know we're doing this. But I feel like if you're involved in Jackass, you probably know that things might not end up the way they will. Yeah. And there was just... (laughs) Some of the things they did were just ridiculous. If you like Jackass, you'll probably love it. Joe did not watch it with me. He's not a fan. I would have watched it if you wanted to watch it, but I was doing my own thing and I'm not like hurt that I didn't watch it with you because yeah, it's just Jackass never really did it for me. Well, right. And like, so the way we work personally is like, we'll touch bases with each other. Like, hey, did you want to watch this? Did you want to watch this? Do you mind if I watch it alone? Whatever. And then we go from there. And I had already known that Joe was like, nah, it's not really my thing. I was doing better stuff anyway. He was playing D&D. Which is better. (laughs) But anyway, so that's what I have. Oh, actually, I have one more. Sorry. Um, RuPaul's Drag Race last night, they announced what is usually the top four. But this season has been crazy. And we are actually getting a top five. So What? (laughs) So... I'm excited. I like all the girls. So that's it, Joe. Why don't you go with what you watched? Okay. I'm going to go kind of rapid fire. Cool. Just because there's not a lot to say about some of the stuff I watched. The last thing I'll go into a little bit, but it was just something I found really interesting. Okay. Uh, I rewatched The Legend of Vox Machina this week. 
Yes, you did. And uh, I can honestly say that one month later, it holds up. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> um, honestly, I was just looking to have something on and it's short. I've already seen it, so I don't have to pay a ton of attention to it. Ultimately, I ended up focusing on it and paying all the attention to it because it's a great series. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if again, uh, watch it again. And if you haven't watched it, I'll say it again. You should watch it. It's a really good show. I concur. Please watch it. Yeah. Uh, next at some point, I don't remember how I even discovered that it was on. I don't even remember what streaming service it was on, but I watched lone wolf McQuaid, which is a, uh, Chuck Norris movie with David Carradine and he plays the villain. Mm-hmm. That movie does not hold up. <laughs> That's a movie that my dad used to watch a ton when I was growing up. And I saw it on and I was like, oh, let's give this a shot. It's just not that good. (laughs) It is not great at all. You're like, dad, what were you thinking? (laughs) Oh, there's a lot of things my dad watched that I think about uh, in that way. (laughs) But there's a lot of things that he watched that I'm like, yeah, that movie fucking rocks. Uh, I also watched Red. Again, just something I stumbled across on HBO Max. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll watch Red. We actually talked about it last week briefly when we were touching on Bruce Willis. Yeah. How was that? Did that hold up? Oh, yeah. That's still a really good movie. You know, um, I'll be honest. Like, I think I had only seen Red once or twice, and it's been years since I watched it. I, I literally, I, with the exception of knowing that Bruce Willis and all the other main characters pretty much uh, play like former CIA operative spies, assassins, whatever you want to call it, and they have since retired. Mm-hmm. Other than knowing that, I completely forgot what the... Uh, like actual story of the movie was. So that was kind of nice. I got to rediscover it as I went. Yeah. Like I know, I think we saw that one in the theater potentially. I think so. And then I think I've seen it maybe one other time and then that's it. And I also probably couldn't tell you what the movie's about to save my life. So yeah. And then I debated watching red too, but I was just like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Ultimately. And this is, uh, part of something I'm going to go on a little bit about. Uh, I caught up on what is available to us for My Hero Academia. Okay. And they did this really cool thing in this part of the fifth season where they do this chunk of episodes uh, that really focus on this villain organization, the League of Villains. Okay. And at first I was like, eh, whatever, I really don't care, you know, because I don't want... I'm one of those people who I like... I like being able to sit back and just know those guys are the bad guys. Take them out so that way I don't feel bad if something happens to them, you know? (laughs) Yes. But they really, like, they went in deep with some of the villains or some of the members of the League of Villains. And they structured it very much like the way they focus on the main characters in the show, which is, like, they get into, you know, these battles and they're pushing themselves beyond their limits and they, you know, level up power up, whatever. So they gain new abilities or understand or discover a new use of their power something like that. So they did something like that with the villains, which was really cool, but also they like dug in deep into their backstories and stuff like that. So you kind of understand why they're, what led them down their villain path. Oh, that sounds fascinating. Um, yeah. Some of like the three main ones that they focus on, um, are really interesting the one that i wanted to talk about though was this character twice so his power is that he can duplicate himself or he can make duplicates i was just going to ask you to clarify so the character's name is twice yes okay Uh, his superhero name i don't remember villain name i don't remember what the character's real name is. so he can duplicate himself he can duplicate himself but he can also duplicate others 
Oh. But the thing is, is he doesn't duplicate himself. Oh. Okay. So, no, he chooses not to, and I'll explain why. And this is what I thought was really interesting. So they go into his backstory a little bit, and you find out that he was kind of alone uh, growing up or at a certain point in his life. So he created a double of himself to have somebody to talk to and all this kind of stuff. And then as you know, his life continued on, he created more and more doubles of himself. And uh, they would, like, you know, rob banks and, you know, break laws and do stuff together well it got to the point with his doubles there was a significant number of them but it got to the point with his doubles that because his doubles all think they're the original gotcha so it got to the point where they were arguing about who the original was and they all start killing each other Holy crap. well twice as we see him throughout most of the show is the one that survived he doesn't know if he's a duplicate or not whoa so he doesn't know if he's the original or a duplicate Okay. So one of the things with the duplicates is they don't, they're not as, um, uh, as resilient as a normal person. They, you know, basically I think in the, in one of the episodes he specifies that like, basically if they take an amount of damage equivalent to some, to a human breaking a bone, they just turn back into the sludge that they are. Okay. So he has avoided serious injury this entire time throughout the series because yeah, because he doesn't know if that's going to kill him or not um crazy it's yeah it's actually like i loved it it was so good to you know just the idea and i'm sure this isn't an original thing but like you know he creates all these duplicates because he's alone and then they start you know doing crime and robberies and stuff like that and then they argue about who's the original and they get into a fight and it's like number one to think about it and in the essence of he's creating duplicates. So these people are killing things that look exactly like themselves. Like they're killing themselves. Yeah. And then the one that's left is like, I don't know if I'm the original or a duplicate. I don't know how much damage I can take, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it was just, it was really interesting and really cool. The whole chunk of episodes, I was really like, I just want to get through these episodes. So that way when the new season comes out, I can pick it up and not having missed anything. Uh huh. But it got really good with some of the the backstories and the reason some of these characters are the way they are. But real quick, like, wouldn't he remember one of them being harder to kill than another? Not necessarily. It's not like he killed all the others. No, I know there that. was infighting amongst this group. I mean, so when they show it happened like, fl- like away from each other. Okay, yeah. gotcha. That sounds interesting. Um, I have watched uh, my hero. I think through most of the second season, but I think I just need to start completely over because it is an anime that I really enjoy. It's another one of those that it's like, I wish people that talk shit about anime would sit down and watch because it is so fascinating. Yeah. uh, So it's if you in the anime world, there's actually a lot of people who get really snobby about anime and they're like, like I actually just saw on TikTok uh, the other day. So it was one of those things like, what's your hot take about anime that'll, you know, get you kicked out of the community or whatever. Yeah. And this guy, he prefaces it by being like, you know, I host a anime podcast called blah, 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 blah. And then he lists some other, some specific ones. And then he's like, uh, my hero academia is baby's first shogun or shonen. Sorry. Baby's first shonen. It's a ty- shonen anime is a type of anime. Sure. But I'm just like, who the fuck cares people enjoy it because look hot take they want to gatekeep 
the yeah, thing that they and love. I, and I understand that there are anime, that there is anime out there that is extremely good, like storytelling wise and acting wise and animation could contend with any top tier series or movie. I get that. But Would just you? because I, I love Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. and My Hero Academia and stuff like that, the, the, the stuff that's, you know, big action, ridiculous, over the top shit. That's what I go to anime for. It doesn't mean it's any less valid. <laughs> but I mean, like, Full Metal's not necessarily like that all the time. No, it's not. Because I would say Dragon Ball's up there with the most ridiculous. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. But, like, I think I also see this a lot with animes that, like, get mainstreamed. Yeah. And to me, it's just, like, so... For every person that gets into My Hero Academia, they're like, I want more of this. Let me go get Crunchyroll. Mm -hmm. And then they discover, I don't know, I don't know all the unpopular animes, I guess. Well, not necessarily unpopular, but not as as well well known. known. Yeah. Um, They might discover other animes. And to me, Mm -hmm. it's like, don't you want people to like things you like? Like, I like, we went into GameStop. This was a couple years ago. And I saw a My Hero t-shirt. And I'm like, yes, I can wear this thing I love. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, the great thing about the internet is you can probably put whatever anime you're watching into Etsy and inevitably someone's created something for it. And I think that's that's what capitalism is to me, being able to find a thing with your favorite show. (laughs) I mean, the uh, the argument against that would be is like these aren't characters that these people created. So right, and they don't they own are, them. Yeah, they don't own them, and they're profiting off of their existence. And you then know, you're back to the Bill Watterson thing that we were talking about last week. Yeah. But either way, um, I definitely need to catch. That sounds so cool. Yeah, it's it's really good. And it's kind of like the guy gaslit himself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it it really interesting chunk of episodes. Really good uh had an outcome that i did not expect at the end of the chunk of episodes given the story that was going on and whatnot but while that was going on are we still with the heroes or no that chunk of episodes is just the villains that's really cool because i did kind of wonder as i'm watching like the hero academy episodes i'm like not all these people are going to be heroes right or they are training to be heroes they're all training to be heroes right but like how do how do people get to be villains Oh, any number of ways. Like, there's... So one of the characters... Maybe I just haven't gotten there yet. Well, I mean, you look at a lot of it. Some people think that, you know, in the show, it could be anything from... They tried to be a hero and failed, so they became... So eventually, you know, that failure turned into resentment and anger, and they became villains you know it's that simple some people are just villains some people it's from the way they were treated as a child based on their quirk yeah um but but yeah really interesting series of episodes and i am 100 down if you're like i'm gonna start rewatching my hero i'll be like i'm sitting right there with you right because my hero is one of those shows that part of the reason i stopped watching it was because i couldn't watch it as passively as i watched some other shows I'm not going to go into the reasons why I list why I watch a lot of things passively, <laughs> but um, I watch a lot of things while I'm doing other things. Yeah. And my hero is one of those shows where I really need to sit and watch it. And it's not because I watched the dubbed version, subbed version, whatever. 
It's just because it's like there's so much going on all the time. Yeah. And My Hero, in my opinion, is top tier shonen. It is a ridiculous list cast of characters. So many characters, so which is, I believe, pretty iconic when it comes to shonen anime. Ridiculous over the top action. Just one, just one note on the ridiculous amount of characters. Um, I took our son to the mall and we went into box lunch. And Michael was saying, that's that show that daddy likes. Who's that character? Who's that character? Could not name any of them. <laughs> oh, I couldn't name a lot. I actually I'd probably name more than I think. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's it really good series of episodes. I just wanted to talk about it because I was really impressed with it. And like I said, I'm sure it's not anything that's completely original. But the way it was presented, the way the story was told, I really enjoyed it. And I'm glad you talked about it because you did not tell me about this before. Mm-hmm. So um, now I'm kind of like, oh. Maybe I will revisit this. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, running a little long because of that. So let's try not to uh, spend too much time. I, there's a few of these that I don't think we'll spend a crap ton of time on. But let's move into what we watched. All right. Starting off with, I think we can combine these two. We watch, We are currently making our way through all of the previous Scream movies to watch the new one. Last yes. weekend, we watched Scream and Scream 2. Right, so... Joe and I are not horror movie fans. Slasher movie fans. Nope. Just. There are only a handful that like I can name that I even have watched, mm-hmm. let alone will rewatch. And let's be honest. It is not from a snobby. It no. is lesser media point of view. We just don't really like being scared. No, I'm very <laughs> adverse to being scared. <laughs> um, But Scream, for some reason, is one that we both really enjoy and i think part of the reason why i enjoy it is like so i think it's pretty well known and well established that scream was made to satire slasher movies yes i love the idea that is it who who made it i'm forgetting his name um west craven yeah i find it amazing that west craven created a i don't want to say parody but a satire version of slasher movies that is so good it is in my opinion one of the best slasher movies i've ever seen yeah and the characters are awesome and Uh, it scream the first scream movie is worth watching for matthew lillard alone he is so so ridiculous in that movie it's so funny because like i've seen scream in years yeah me either i don't think i have watched it in the time that you and i have been together Nope. We've never and watched was, it together. And that's been a long time. <laughs> yes. We've been together for almost half of our lives. Yeah. Crazy. We're closing in on that number. We're, we are closing in. And so that kind of gives a frame of reference to potentially the last time I saw it. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, I did not remember how over the top his character is. And it's not even like overacting. It's you knew this kid in high school. and he played him so well (laughs) and then and what's great is is also that's also just kind of matthew lillard yeah (laughs) i think he is extremely underrated i have we talked about this matthew lillard we may have when i talked about watching hackers a little while ago yeah so we both think that he's extremely underrated underutilized i mean he became shaggy no still is Shaggy. i believe that is the bulk of his career is voicing shaggy and scooby-doo He became him so completely as an actor that it's like, if you watch those movies, it's like you were watching animated Shaggy. It's crazy. Yeah. 
Um, but so, so we watched Scream and Scream 2. Yeah, Scream 2 <laughs> I think I had maybe seen once. I had seen it a handful of times for sure because I know my mom liked to put it on. My mom is, a, I don't think she's a horror fan, but she likes a lot Certain of horror, horror movies. movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we are hopeful to finish the Scream series maybe within the next weekend. week, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, we we have to watch it without our son home. So Well, it's not without him home. It's just we prefer, you know, not to because we don't know what his threshold is for certain things. So Yeah, he's he'll be seven soon. Um I will say probably a lot of the reason why I don't like a lot of horror movies is I was exposed to a lot of them. Not my parents, but like older cousins, yeah. older other relatives, and it's just not my thing. And I'm I'm kind of interested to watch three and four because I know nothing about four. No, me either. Uh, know very little about five. It just came out. But three, I remember, I only remember one thing about uh, Scream 3, and that's the fact that Jay and Silent Bob are in it. Yeah, I remember you saying that. There's I like didn't a, even remember that. There's like a, a scene. They, like, they walk through a scene, I think, yeah. is all it is. But So that's on what we watch. Like, the Scream movies mm-hmm. is something that we're watching together. Um, the next thing we watched this week was This Is Us. Yes. Season six, episode 11, Saturday in the Park. Oh, it was. Um, my God. So I will just say, I have not yet rewatched this episode. Oh. I, I don't have any notes about it. I couldn't, like, it is the first episode in a very long time that I'm like, I don't know if I can rewatch that episode. It was really tense. Um, I cried a lot. And it has been a long time since an episode of This Is Us made me cry the way that I cried during that episode. Yep. Like, it's like William dying tear of crying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the only, like I said, I didn't even write anything down. I decided last week that I'm like, I really enjoyed watching it the first time and then watching it a second time and taking my notes. So because of that, and maybe because of the amount that I was crying, I don't really have a lot to say. It was a hard episode to watch. Yeah. So ultimately, the family is getting together at Kate and Toby's for uh, Miguel and Rebecca's 10 year anniversary. Yes. Yes, because and the it's... flashbacks are uh, Rebecca and Jack's 10 year anniversary. Yes. I will say the flashbacks of Rebecca and Jack's anniversary kind of gave the episode a little more levity, a yeah. little more funniness because Rebecca's drunk. <laughs> yeah. So as you know, if you're watching, as you can assume, ten- tensions are high in the uh, Kate and Toby household. The Toby household. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I don't use ship names. I just don't. Um, it's okay. I'll, I'll sail their ship for you. Ultimately, there's a lot that you can see tiny little triggers for each one of them. Yeah. So in a previous episode, they had had a leak from a pipe in their seal in their one of their upstairs bathrooms and Toby's dad came over and they fixed it. Mm-hmm. Well, they thought they fixed it. Yeah, so, I mean, all of that is just to lead up well, to what... Well, I'm just what, saying that's that's yeah. one of the catalysts. So, in the hectic attempt to try to get this leak taken care of and get a plumber out to fix it and all this kind of stuff, Toby puts Jack in, his, in Jack's room, but and does he, not close the baby gate all the way. Right, because it's supposed to latch. Click, yeah. 
click. Uh, they're getting towels and stuff to try to clean up and whatnot. Doorbell rings. Kate goes to the front door. Uh, lets the plumber, lets the plumber in. in, but does not lock the front door. Which, and she had previously shown little Jack how, how to, to open, it, open yeah. the door. So another thing to know about this day is that it's a Saturday. And Kate always takes Jack to the park on Saturdays. And it's like, it's a little song. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what song it's sung to, and I couldn't I relate know. the song, but it's all about like how many steps it takes to get here, stop and listen for the cars, yeah. listen for the electric signal, like mm-hmm. the electric signals. Is that it's, right? It's um, the electrical wires or yeah, something. Yeah, the electrical like that. wires, like hear the buzzing, yeah. turn, go to the park, you know, and you're at the park and you see. Kate and Toby taking Jack to the park the week before. Mm-hmm. And Toby is uneasy about the amount of independence that Kate wants Jack to have, essentially. It seems like. No, it's... I don't know if it's... Because that doesn't really get brought up until the, the end. end. I don't think it's a an issue with the amount of independence. I think it's just like... He doesn't know where he fits into that routine. Right. You know... Kate and Jack, Kate and Little Jack have this thing. They sing this song. They go on. Well, this song is just Kate singing to Jack. So Toby's just kind of along for the ride. Yeah. And so he'll add in a line and make a joke because that's Toby's personality and stuff like that. But, you know, it it is kind of like he's third wheel. Yeah. So you have, and Jack always wears his little red boots to the park because he can splash in the puddles. So, yeah, ultimately they're trying to clean up this, um this leak and stuff like that. Well, Jack leaves his room, grabs his cane, leaves the front door, starts singing his going to the park song. Cute little Saturday in the park song. And makes his, starts making his way to the park. Well, ultimately the family, um, they realize, they realize what's going on. And Um, just, just one sec. I do want to say we see, Little Jack doing all this. And then they cut to commercial. So we get a whole section of commercials where Joe and I are just looking at each other. I hope Joe doesn't mind me sharing this. If he does, he can cut it out. But he looks at me. He's like, now I know how you feel when you see someone really high up. No, (laughs) I think what I said was, I was like, you know that feeling that your hands get when you see somebody on a high ledge (laughs) or looking over a cliff? Because Ashley is uh, extremely afraid of heights. Yes. And Um, I always tell him like, yeah, my, hand, hands my whole body gets like cold, that. my hands get clammy. And the thing is, is it's like, I know it's a TV show. I know that kid's fine. But you can't help but think, what if that happened to my son? What if my son just walked out the door and decided to wander on down somewhere? And it doesn't help that our kid is also a little blonde kid. <laughs> yeah. So it's very easy to kind of exactly picture him. And I look, I'm not Kate. I'm not teaching my kid cute little songs but like there were times when he and i would walk around the block and i'd always be like you know look across the street before or you know look both ways before we cross telling him how you know it's this far to get to kind of started place. almost getting into a little song rhythm there <laughs> i know i did i didn't mean to but like i always thought to myself as like a parent especially we live fairly close to a major street and i'm like if he ever got out I'd want him to know how to get back. Mm -hmm. So I was always like, oh, we turn around, we go back home, you know, that kind of thing. So I definitely pictured myself in this exact scenario because this is something that is terrifying to me as a parent. Yeah. So anyways. To to jump back on the recap. So everybody's looking for Jack. 
Mm-hmm. Now, a couple of things to note before we get to what I think is one of the most important things in the episode. Yeah. Um, all day, Rebecca has been trying to help and nobody will let her help. It's her anniversary. They don't want her to be doing things on her anniversary. But also it's the fact that, you know, she doesn't have all of her faculties, let's say. They think she doesn't have all of her faculties. Yeah. It seems like she's more you know, there they're, than they're, they're treating her with her kid gloves with kid gloves a little bit. Um yeah. at one point in the episode prior to all of this happening, Rebecca was like, I'm gonna take my grandson and we're gonna get his shoes put on. Yeah. Takes her into his room. Jack makes a comment about how mom and dad are all mad at each other a lot. And there's this really cute thing where they uh talk about how Kate has his shoes laid out in a very specific order so he knows which ones are which. Yes. And he kind of talks about all the shoes and Rebecca asks him, well, what shoes do you want to wear? Do you want to wear the red boots? And he says, no, those are the park boots. Yeah. So jump while forward a little bit while everybody's looking Jack. for him. Rebecca's running around looking for him. She's in his room and she looks down at his boot row or his shoe row and says the red boots. And she just immediately knows he went to the park. Yeah. And she runs out and Kate's on the phone with the police. Rebecca runs out of the house and she's like, he's at the park. And he, Rebecca just takes off. Like the fastest. And I will say Mandy Moore, once again, masterful as older Rebecca. Please, please give this woman an (laughs) Emmy for playing Rebecca because she is fast, but she's old. Yeah. And she plays that so well. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I am getting a little misty eyed even just thinking about and this scene because another thing to know is um, some of the episode is shot from Jack's perspective, so you don't see anything except for like light and like shadow, super like how he can blurry. See. Like you can't even really make out a lot of colors unless nope. it's like only one color in his field of vision. You yeah. know, like you get lighter blobs and darker blobs and stuff like that, so he can see like. I don't even want to say shapes necessarily, but he sees objects when they're in his field of vision. Yeah. And um, so he does safely make it to the park, but then he takes off running towards what he thinks are the swings. So it's a, I think what it is ultimately is he steps in a puddle. Yeah. But it's a puddle in a different location. So he takes a wrong turn and starts running off and he falls down and hits his head. Which I will say, the way they shot this scene made oh it seem like God. he was going to fall, fall down, down some stairs. Some brick steps, yeah. And I was like, okay, I know I know he's going to be okay. But like, again, as a parent, as a human being, you don't want to watch some little tiny kid yeah. fall down stairs. But he does fall and he does get injured. He gets mm-hmm. a little cut and, on his head. And yeah, so, so before we get into the finale of the episode, like yeah. the fact that, well, number one, Maybe I'm an asshole for this, but if I was Rebecca after constantly being told not to do stuff and even still like Kate, there's a lot of things that Kate won't let uh, Rebecca do with Jack because of her condition. And I mean, understandable to a certain degree, but like if I was Rebecca after all of that, I've been like, who fucking found him? I did. Yeah. You know, I would have been, I would have glowed a little bit. (laughs) But like, you know, and that's a small thing, but like they didn't touch on it at all. Not once did Kate go, how did you know he went to the park? Yeah. You know, and it's just because she paid attention. So the, who was it that, um, oh, it was, uh, Kate, Jack, little Jack told Kate. Because she asked him why he went to the park. Yeah. And he says something to the effect of, uh, because that's where mommy and daddy are happy. I think he told Rebecca that, but Kate was in the door. in Like, in the doorway. Okay. But yeah, it was just so sad. And watching him get his little stitches. 
Um, and so, like, to bring it to the finale so we can move on. Yeah. Uh, everybody's back at home. Kate's upset. Toby's in the living room. And he's, he, if I remember correctly, he starts apologizing. He's like, I'm sorry. You know, I thought I latched her. All this kind of stuff. Kate says, not here. So they go out on their front lawn, which is like, no, you don't argue on your front lawn. People are going to call the cops on you. <laughs> and here's my problem. Immediately, Kate is basically taking the sense it's your fault because you didn't latch the baby door. Right. And Toby does kind of point out like you forgot to lock the door. No, he doesn't or point no, out. Who, he throws it. He throws it at teaches, her. He, he does kind of. I think it was something to the effect of like who teaches a three-year-old well, bring, to open the door. He brings that up. But at first he's like, and you didn't lock the front door. It's like, I think initially with toby's apology it was that i'm sorry for the role i played in this but it's kind of a mutual parental fuck up and let's be honest nine times out of ten at least in our household mutual parent fuck ups outweigh individual it's like we didn't do this thing we forgot this thing we let him do this and we shouldn't have it's it's mutual yeah there have been i can't even think of a time where something fucked up and it wasn't in some way both of us but we're also not accusatory yeah. towards each other that much. And it very much seems like this is a this is the breaking point. Well, yeah. And the the problem I have with it is like Kobe Toby was in the beginning saying, Look, I'm sorry, you know, that kind of stuff. And then they take it outside. And her immediate reaction is just to blame him. Yeah. It's his fault that Jack got it. No, there were two parties at work there. Not to mention a series of un- uh, of un- a series of unfortunate circumstances that led to your child walking to the park. Some of which is your relationship with each other around him. Yeah. And I understand what they were setting up with Kevin and Randall coming in and coming to Kate's defense. And I know the show is about them and all this shit. But like... I'm not going to say that Toby was in the right, mm-hmm. but they were both in the wrong. They yes. both made mistakes in that whole, in everything leading up to that situation. They both made mistakes. Kate was airing dirty laundry to Kevin about her and Toby's relationship. And it's like, there's, yeah. I think it's one thing to talk about something maybe once it's resolved. While it's ongoing, I think maybe you... Maybe you have one person you go to for, but for the most part, I think that you keep that shit to yourself, you know, especially if it involves your kids. Like to me, that adds another layer of complexity onto couple problems. Mm -hmm. And, um, I will say with the flashback and the current day, they really set it up to show that like Kevin has Kate's back. Mm -hmm. And again, like I said last week, ultimately Randall has them. Yeah. And that's exactly what we saw. And at one point we saw, like, Toby was angry. And sometimes when you're angry, you, like, point, you get a little loud, whatever. And Kevin basically was like, don't do that or whatever. And jumps in between Kate and Kevin. And then, of course, Toby's already, like, super hostile towards Kevin. Yeah. But, I mean, he is kind of in their space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so And does not need to be? It, it doesn't need to be. I will say this week we found out that Kevin is closing Just, on he's his like, own oh, house. house. <laughs> and in but, today's real estate market. <laughs> especially in LA. But, you know, Hollywood money. Yeah. Um, and then Randall ultimately jumps between them. And then you get the scene where it's Toby on one side and the big three on another. And it's just, I'm bawling. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is, this is hard to watch. Yeah. 
And then I think next week I read that the episode is going to be kind of, it's going to take place over a period of time of watching Kate and Toby split. Mm. So um, was it this episode we find out that uh, Madison's boyfriend is going to propose to her? Yeah. So that's another thing. And Madison tells Kevin, I think he's going to propose. Oh, Elijah. Yeah. And Kevin was like, how do you feel about that? And, <laughs> and she's she happy. was happy. And then the thing but is. You're not buying it. You said that during the episode. You're yeah, like, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. The thing is, thinking back on how her face looked, she did look happy. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, I want madison to be happy but i also would really love kevin to get a happy ending and i'm not sure if that's supposed to be with madison or not Mm -hmm. now i will say i did read on the uh i think it was like this is us hashtag um someone is obsessive like i am and the robe the floral robe that madison was wearing does seem like it's in the hotel room with kevin when kate is getting married to philip oh wow so that was like i mean and you have to really look to see it so someone was like clicking through that scene frame by frame frame by frame to find that but that doesn't mean sophie doesn't have a similar robe it's a silk floral robe that looks like something you could buy at any store but (laughs) but shows you things on purpose and this is us especially they bring things back and they Mm -hmm. hide things in episodes for you to find seasons from now so um i will probably rewatch this episode before the next episode if i think i can (laughs) (laughs) otherwise that's this is us for this week either way kate and toby are making their final final approach (laughs) yeah uh so let's move on to moon knight moon knight that is a show that i was really looking forward to watching this week (laughs) and it paid off it did it was so good moon knight season one episode two Hold on, my writing got smeared. Summon the suit. Mm-hmm. That's what it was called. Like, I don't even really know how to talk about the episode just because, like, it's only the second episode in. I don't have a lot of, like, theories about what's going on, but it also doesn't seem like it's presenting itself as the kind of show where it's, like, you drop in clues so you can kind of try to deduce something that's happening later on. The only thing that I'm curious that I'm really curious about. And I don't even know if this is something that's been gone over in the comics or how it plays out or what I want to know who is the, I guess the base personality, right, like so is, I... is he Steven Grant? That is also Mark Spector, Spector or is he Mark Spector? That is also Steven Grant. Yeah. So I have that written in two different ways. So Mark Spector was the name on the passport and I wrote that down uh-huh. because I thought, Okay, that's interesting. That's on his passport. A passport is a legal document, though we all know in movies and TV, people get fake passports all the time. I don't know if that actually happens in real life that much, but I'm I'm assuming it can. Yeah. I've never looked into it. Yeah. I'm not putting that in my search history. <laughs> I say just in case the FBI is listening. <laughs> um, and then I did write, is he really Mark or really Steven? Yeah. Because we don't know. So um Khonshu, the i guess the god that has taken over mark slash well, it's not that he's taken over it's like he's made mark his avatar his avatar right he's the egyptian god of the moon i did write that down and arthur the villain played by ethan hawk 
was the previous avatar. avatar. Um, and... And it looks like Khonshu is threatening... So Mark is in a deal with Khonshu, essentially. Like, he's going to take care of this issue, and then Khonshu's going to release him right. uh, as his avatar. But... Khonshu keeps uh, poking at him, essentially, as uh, saying, like, okay, well, that's fine, because I already know who your successor is going to be. And it's his wife slash ex-wife. Yeah. Because she has paper. They have papers drawn up, but they haven't been signed or anything. It's Mark's uh, wife, which Stephen knew nothing about. Yeah, and she doesn't know Stephen, which I found that, like, it's like, okay, so is he Mark? Or is he Stephen? Or (laughs) Or has Mark just been living a more fulfilling life than Stephen has? Yeah, it's you know has it always been both? It's it's crazy, and you know I'm not too worried about being super accurate with the kind of um, condition this is because like it's based on comics, so they are going to do things with it that f- facilitate the stories that they want to tell. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be a diagnosis of anything. I mean, it would be really cool if you know they did their research and it followed you know, an actual uh, disorder of some kind. But, yeah. you know, it. they're doing this thing because this is the story that they want to tell with this character. Once again, we are not psychologists. We are not medical professionals. We do not I, diagnose. <laughs> I may not be a medical professional, but I have rewatched ER like four times, I think. <laughs> I mean, with our mutual ER knowledge, we've watched some house. I watched Grey's Anatomy. We have to be partway through medical school Mash. by now. MASH. Got that trauma er situation going on (laughs) anyway like i said i don't know if i can really speculate as to what is going to happen in this show because it doesn't seem like it's the kind of show unless you know the character in the comic history i don't know if it's designed as the show where you want to be or where they're trying to get you to dive into it and predict other and you know a lot of marvel stuff is just kind of sit back and enjoy the ride And I am thoroughly enjoying the ride when so there's a a part in it where Steven summons the suit. Mm -hmm. And it's like in this case, it's a suit. It is a white (laughs) like dress suit, uh, all white vest, tie, gloves, uh, mask, everything. And it's kind of hilarious. But at one point he loses the mask and he's looking at his reflection, which is Mark and Mark. So you have to give me control. Otherwise, all these people that are around you are going to get hurt. And to see uh, Oscar Isaac go from Steven to Mark is so good. It's very clearly a different person. Well, yeah. You know, like. The way he plays it, he he evokes two very different personality types. For lack of a better way to put it, it's like Steven's face is softer Mm -hmm. and puppier, puppier. Mm -hmm. Like his eyes kind of droop a little downward. Um, Again, masterful. Yeah. on Oscar Isaac's so part. If these movies were taken more seriously, he would be nominated for this role. And I would yeah. love that. Show. The show. Well, I said the role. Well, you said if these movies were taken more oh, seriously. Well, if I the mean, MCU was taken more seriously. Yeah, and let's not even get into the fact that some of the things have been nominated, and that's wonderful. Let's start recognizing the actors. Yeah. So, either way, um, I am really looking forward to next week's episode. Yeah. Just just in general, do I remember what we're gonna be seeing next week? Well, they nope. don't do a preview. Oh. Well, either uh, way, I don't next week, yeah. I don't know what's don't going on, but I like it. <laughs> all right. Let's take all that energy and move into Halo. Actually, we, Did we need watch to move something into before? Sonic. Oh, that's right. So we surprised our six year olds 
and took him to see Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in theaters. Mm -hmm. Um, We were all really excited for it. Yeah, we picked him up from school. He had no idea what we were doing. His first question was, why are you here too, Daddy? (laughs) (laughs) Because Joe and I usually take turns picking him up unless we have a specific plan after school. Usually we clue him in. Yeah. You know, so we're we're those kind of parents. I don't know. (laughs) Went to uh, surprise him, took him to see Sonic 2. We were all, well, Ashley and I were uh, thoroughly impressed and surprised with the first Sonic movie. Yes. So glad they changed his design from what was originally released. I, I still I think that saved it. I still think it was on purpose. <laughs> I I will I don't know if this is a hill I would die on, but it would be hard for somebody to convince me otherwise. I think they intentionally put out trailers with that original design because they knew people were not going to be happy with it and it would give it a lot of buzz because they made that change so fast i was just gonna say the fact that they made the change so fast was like i don't even think they delayed the movie to make the change no it was like i swear to god it was like a month later and they were like oh no we're changing it yeah and the new design is is pitch pitch perfect for sonic so the one thing i did really like about this movie and it's funny because i wrote this down and then i was um watching andre the black nerd on youtube and he said a very similar thing to what I was thinking, which is... Oh, did you I, watch his review? Um, He did like a spoiler-free review. Okay. And he talked about how he loved all the little video game uh, Easter eggs in the movie. Like, there was a few times where, like, Robotnik had, like, a mini Sonic, but it was, like, the Sonic from the video game when he's being impatient with you and, like, yeah. tapping his foot. And then there was a lot of music specifically from the video games this time, uh, scenes straight yeah. from the video Don- games. Donut Lord's uh, ringtone is I, the Green Hill Zone. Yeah, uh, it was music. just the little things like that. That I the first movie was not as video gamey as I felt that this one was. I felt like the first movie was like, yes, this is a video game, but we're gonna make this movie about family. The second movie was like, this movie is about family. But here's the video game shit that you wanted from the last movie. And I think the marriage of both was perfect and love Jim Carrey. Yes. Oh, my God. He plays over the top better than pretty much anybody else. And unfortunately, though, yeah, uh, he has I believe he came out and said that he is. He, did he say he's thinking about it or that he is retiring? He said that he is thinking about it. He likes a quiet life. He likes his paintings, spending time with yeah. his family. Um, I will say that I would be very sad if that was true because I think he's wonderful. They but left the ending of this one a little ambiguous. Like they say that nobody s- could have survived that, <laughs> but, but you don't, you see, don't a body. see a body, <laughs> but you do get a clue in the post credits or the mid credits scene right, that with, there is um, potentially going to be a third one. Yes. And, um, again, we do spoilers on this when we talk yeah. about things. Sorry. No, sorry. But, not Sorry. Um, the mid credit scene has Shadow, mm-hmm. who is a villain. Yeah, we don't know that much about Sonic lore in general, but he looks freaking cool. Yeah, it looks awesome. Um, our kid loved it. Yeah. So six-year-old approval. Yeah, he loved it. He already uh, asked me to buy it digitally, and we had to explain to him that <laughs> uh, things come out in theaters, and then a few weeks or months later, they come out digitally. Although that window is getting more and more narrow. Well, and here, here's the thing to remember about that, and I'm reminding myself of this. The last two years, so 
technically the last movie we saw in the theater was spider the new spider-man movie yes but before that we hadn't seen any movies in the theater since onward Mm -hmm. and pretty much the week after onward came out is when covid lockdown came and disney plus was like here's onward for you to watch (laughs) and ever since then a lot of the movies that are theater releases like Encanto, for example also came out on disney plus or like a different streaming service yeah so and our son is kind of at the age where he's losing memories from being younger so he doesn't necessarily remember that movies used to come out in the theaters first and then we also have to think when the whole covid thing started he was four right and that's what i'm saying (laughs) like he is that age and because when i reminded him he's like oh okay yeah i mean (laughs) you know it's not it's not a big deal we'll we'll get it when it comes out yeah he was Uh, but we we enjoyed it we definitely enjoyed it i just think it's so interesting that like we used to wait months for things to come out on vhs or whatever Mm -hmm. and now it's like oh that's probably going to be out in a month Mm -hmm. we'll see it again okay now we'll take that energy and move into halo uh this is one of the ones that i don't think is going to take very long like there's just not a whole lot to say this episode we did enjoy a lot more than the previous episode i felt like um real quick hold on the episode it's halo season one episode three emergence sorry no you're fine i I just feel yeah i feel like both of these episodes were trying to accomplish the same thing which is give some background some history fill Mm -hmm. out the story that kind of stuff i just think this episode succeeded at it way more than episode two but here's my problem with this episode is for the first like 15 minutes i had no idea what the fuck was going on like I was like, why are they doing this? What's this? Like that junk planet thing or whatever? Not the junk planet, but the thing where they were like... With Cortana? With Cortana, where they were like merging. Yeah, that was just like we didn't understand what the process was. It would have taken them five minutes at the most to explain what they were doing. Instead, they just did it and left the audience to wonder what was going on. But for me, I'm okay with it. Because I, I had the same issue we talked about it while we were watching, but I'm okay with it because in the same episode, they do give you that information. Cortana was meant to be installed into John and essentially have control over the Spartan physicality right. while keeping this like highly advanced intelligence of this it, human AI hybrid thing or something. It, um, it sounds like the ultimate goal is for Cortana cortana to completely take over john yeah that's what i was just saying like yeah sorry you know so you get this melding of the perfect physicality of a spartan Mm -hmm. but the mental acuity and ability of this artificially enhanced intelligence right and so they do merge but the doctor has not given her full control which cortana is surprised about like this isn't my objective. Yeah, this or isn't something. what I was made for. Which, in my opinion, again, it's like, well, this person created her so they can create however they want. Yeah. But, like, ultimately, that is the objective for Cortana to take over John. Yeah. So, this episode was better. I still, like, I'm not sure where. I'm not, it, like, I think because I'm very middle of the road mm-hmm. on this show, I find it hard to say anything. Yeah. Um, you so, know, because if it was like, if I didn't like it, I could be like, these are the things that I don't like. If I really liked it, I, these are the things that I like. But being so like 
on uneven ground about it. I'm just like, it's a show that's happening and I haven't decided if I like it or dislike it yet. Right. And so I had said last week, if this episode didn't bring anything, then I was out. Actually, Uh, I think you said if this, if the next episode doesn't blow me away, I'm out. And the thing is like, this episode didn't blow me away, but once I kind of figured out what was going on, um, I wanted to see more. Um, the sci-fi elements were really interesting. Like if they had just taken a couple minutes to explain kind of what was going on, I think I would have enjoyed that more, but I like the premise, I guess. And I kind of see where it's headed and like, eventually he's going to figure out what the objective is. I think that or the end of season one is going to be Cortana completely taking over John. (laughs) Yeah, I have, I don't know what's going on, but. I mean, that you can say that with a lot of shows. Right, you know? but I think we're both kind of still on board. We'll watch next week's episode. I know you want more action. I'm hoping they're setting us up for that. Yeah, it was just last episode and this episode, like being next to each other, throw in an action sequence, give me something, you know, to, to keep my excitement in it. Yeah, like we but... saw that girl come onto the ship and all those alien tentacle things eat the people. Yeah. But that's not action. (laughs) It it just, it it didn't do it for me. Yeah. So we're still on Halo, at least through next week. We will keep you guys updated. Well, like I said, regardless, I will probably watch it to the end. Yeah. After the first season, that's when I make the ultimate decision. Here's my thing though. After next week episode, they have, what, eight episodes? I don't remember how many episodes Halo is. Either way, it's either probably eight or ten. I'm already halfway through at that point. I might as well just see it through. Well, let's be honest. Everything up until uh, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi comes out is just killing time until we get there. (laughs) And lastly, we just finished Picard Season 2, Episode 6, which was titled Two of One. And it is another Jonathan Frakes directed episode. Yes. Just, I like to note that because he is part of the Star Trek franchise. So. Well, and he's a, a relatively accomplished director, yeah. too. So. Yeah. So, yeah, there was some good stuff in this episode. Um, Picard, John, Jean-Luc finally, uh, well, okay. At one point, Renee is like, fuck it, I'm out. I'm going to go tell my boss that I'm not doing this and all this kind of stuff. Renee is the astronaut. Yeah, I just assume, I don't feel like we have to uh, (laughs) reiterate all the specifics. Okay, you're right. But I'll say Renee Picard is basically to the point where she's like, I can't do this. I'm going to go quit and everything. Jean-Luc is uh, saying, well, like, you know, we need to step in and talk to her and go do all of this. And, you know, he does, he, there's some other things that happen, but he goes and he talks to her and he gives her this pep talk. And like, the only thing I can think of is sitting there and I'm like, I wish there was a subscription service where I could pay a monthly fee and get just words of encouragement from Patrick Stewart, uh, in like a voicemail every day. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing, um, I wrote down was about, uh, Talon, the watcher. Oh yeah. Um, she spoke Romulan. We actually went back and rewound that because the caption said speaks Romulan. Yeah. So I noticed it. And then I turned to you and I was like, did you notice what the caption said? And you're like, what? And I was like, it said speaks Romulan. Yeah. And it's like my brain did acknowledge it, but it's like I couldn't put it into because she looks so much like um, 
Laris. Laris. Well, it's the same actress. Well, no, but you know what I mean? Like, yes, she looks like her because it's the same actress. But in my head, it's like the same person. Oh, okay. Not the and same. And it could be. That's the thing. It like, could. we don't know if this, uh, if she is human or, I mean, she could be human, but then something happened. Like, who knows? Because we're dealing with stuff like Q and whatnot. You can just change stuff. We have no idea. But she did speak Romulan. That was interesting. Yeah. Just something of note. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I don't know, another thing I wrote down is like way into the episode. That's fine. <laughs> but um, I actually said this out loud to you. I'm like, are all the Soongs kind of off? <laughs> kind of selfish and whatnot. Kind of selfish, yeah. kind of out of their minds. A lot of geniuses are. Yeah. And um, at the end of the episode, we find out that like Soong has been... It seems, yeah, it seems like he's trying to, I don't know if he's just because of the science of it, trying to perfect cloning or if like maybe that's it, that was his daughter at one point and he's trying to clone her because she died of like a rare genetic yeah, disease or yeah. anything really. Yeah. You know, cause the know. genetic disease that she currently has could be from the cloning or something like that, you know, like, yeah, who knows? we don't really know what's going on either way. He is kind of not off. a very good person and yeah not a good person he hits picard with a car yeah well he tried to run over both picards yeah but he only got uh john luke pushed her out yeah, of the pushed, way pushed renee out of the way um yeah. i think so like a lot of stuff happened in this episode but like it always just makes me think about what's coming next uh on this show and so yeah Jean-Luc gets hit by a car. He's kind of in a coma, but like there's no brain activity that would suggest a coma. He's all his vitals are normal and all this kind of stuff, but he's not waking up. Yeah. So uh, what's her name? The doctor? No, not Laris. Uh, Talon. Talon. Or Talon. Yeah, she basically has this thing that she's like, I could go into his subconscious and help him work through whatever he's working through in there to get out. And I'm like, <laughs> are we going to get like a episode exploring Jean-Luc's childhood and like what led to the great man that is Jean-Luc Picard and all this. And it's just like, there's the great, the, one of the things that I love about this style of Star Trek versus where everything is just like, here's an episode. Now here's another episode. Now here's an up, another episode where with this series and the way they seem to be doing Star Trek now is like you get these ongoing plot lines and stuff and they do a really good job of making of leaving you at the end of every episode going I can't wait to see what they're moving into with the next yeah, one. Yeah. I agree. Um there was this great scene with Rios where he's talking about the doctor that he had worked with in previous episodes, the same doctor that actually helps Jean-Luc. Mhm. And um, it seems like he might struggle with going back a bit. Maybe, yeah. Depending. Um, and I actually really find that fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's so much, there's so many fantasy slash sci-fi books and series that are about the same thing, you know, about some future man getting stuck in the past and falling in love with someone in the, in the past. <laughs> And wanting to stay and like wrestling with that decision. But I think Rio specifically is really interesting. And then we have Agnes and the Borg Queen. Yeah. And um, I believe the episode was titled Two of One for this specific reason. Because yeah. it seems like by the end of the episode, the Borg Queen has taken over a bit. Mm-hmm. 
And um, Joe had an interesting hypothesis about this could potentially be what season three is about. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, whatever is going on, whatever ultimately happens at the end of the season with the Borg Queen and Gerardi. Yeah. Like, if it's not resolved, maybe this is what leads into season three because this kind of Borg threat or whatever would be a great reason to get the band back together, so to speak with the original cast and yeah. stuff like that. Cause I'm, you know, a bit of hyper hyperbole here, but like who better to deal with the Borg than that cast of next gen, you know? Well, yeah. Cause they've dealt with the Borg extensively. Yeah. But I mean, I'm sure there's other people in Starfleet that have as well. I'm just saying like, you know, it's, it could be an interesting thing for season. Well, three. Especially because they know about Jean-Luc specifically and his history with the Borg. So it's like they could potentially help him through it a bit. Yeah. Um, and also uh, the actress that plays Gerardi, Ag- Allison Pill, did this scene where she's singing. Mm-hmm. And Joe and I both did know if it was her or not. And it is. It was her. Yeah. Um, it was a pre-record, but she kind of lip synced to herself. But uh, they do that on. Yeah. Shows she sounded constantly. amazing. We didn't yeah, even think good. it sounded like her. So she just has one of those voices. One of those voices, I think. <laughs> yeah. But overall, great episode. I loved it. Um, I don't know. I feel like you could have Patrick Stewart read the uh, phone book and I'd still find it fascinating. Yeah. And they need to get on that, like, words of encouragement thing you can call into. Well, they do that thing. What's the... I mean, I don't know if he's on it, but uh, there's a thing that uh, a lot of celebrities do where you go pay a certain amount and, like, basically you can get a customized recording made for someone. Like, they can record oh, your voicemail yeah. message know, for you or something. I know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't remember, remember what it's... Cameo. Name. Is it Cameo? Cameo? Yeah. I know people that have done it with um, Kevin from The Office. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently he's really big on Cameo. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I think he's one of the top people because like it's not a lot of your a-list celebrities that are doing it it's no, like yeah. your b to c list and below but still like that's kind of cool yeah so yeah that's what we watched this week yeah. um went a little long but we had some stuff that we were excited about and we're interested in uh voicing i honestly think once this is us is over <laughs> i don't think it will run quite as long because yeah. i always have so much to say about that show yeah because it's just my favorite thing in the world right now. <laughs> well, right. show-wise. Okay. You and Michael are my favorite things. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that'll be it for this week. Yeah. Uh, again, next week we will have more This Is Us, more Moon Knight, more Halo, more Picard. Uh, I don't think anything. Comes I don't think anything starts this week, so. Nope. Yeah, and whatever else we decide to watch. So, thanks for listening. Thanks. And we'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.